You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Houston, we have a podcast. You're listening to the Premier Rockets podcast. It's H-Town Hoops. Hosted by Brandon Scott and Adam Spolane. That's right, it is the H-Town Hoops podcast. Brandon Scott here with Adam Spillane, Austin Mendez, handling things for us behind the scenes. And the last time we were all together and talked, we were reacting to the Rockets losing their season opener to the Orlando Magic by 30 points. They have since played two games. They are off to an 0-3 start, but it looks better? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't know. Like, they... They had a game in San Antonio that they lost in overtime and many believe they could have and should have won. And they certainly seem more competitive at, at various points against the Warriors in their most recent loss against the Warriors. I'd argue that that third quarter that they played against the Warriors was some of their most competitive basketball. Uh, thanks in large part due to Jay Sean Tate. But but Adam, let me let me just kick it off with this, man. What do you make? of the Rockets 0-3 start, and how badly do you feel like they need to win this fourth game of the season with the Charlotte Hornets coming into the Toyota Center? Um, well, the first part of the question, um, they aren't very good. Uh, I don't think that that is a huge surprise. Just when you look at the roster and when you look at the opponents that they played, I mean, Orlando is better than them. Golden State is better than them. Uh, they gave the San Antonio game away. Uh, I think that that's probably fair to say. So, I think that had we been, I think that you you sit here right now and you think, you know what, they probably should be one and two. They're 0 and three. They're going to lose some games that they should probably win along the way this season. Um, the offense has looked bad. The defense has looked bad. They are playing way too slow. And that's something that I kind of asked Ime Yudoka about after practice today. Um, they talked about wanting to play fast and they are playing at the third slowest pace in the league right now. And part of that is that the defense hasn't been good. Part of that is that they aren't rebounding on the defensive end of the floor. So even when they get a stop, they aren't able to finish possessions and they aren't able to get out and run. And really, you talked about the third quarter against the Warriors. That was really one of the few times this season where they've been able to play at the pace that they want to play at. So for them moving forward, they've got to be able to get out and run because offensively, I think they're going to struggle probably in the half court. I, I just think that that's kind of the team that it, that it is. So if, if you're going to struggle in the half court, you have to get out and run. So they have to do the little things that will make that happen. So um, offense bad, defense bad, rebounding bad. If you do want to take one positive just from a team standpoint, they're not turning the ball over nearly as much as they have in the past. I mean, they've been at the bottom of, turno of the turnover rate list uh, the last three years, and they are middle of the pack right now. So um, the little things uh, that, you know, you're looking for incremental improvement. Uh, they're not getting to the free throw line either very much, which has been kind of, which had been a little bit of a staple uh, the last couple of years. So um, obviously 
a lot to work on, I guess would be the best way to put it. Now to the second part, how bad do they need a win? They certainly need to, I mean, they can't, they, they got to win at some point. And you look at the schedule that follows. I mean, you've got a back-to-back with Sacramento coming up uh, on Saturday and Monday. That's, those are two difficult wins. They're two difficult games. They've got the Lakers coming up next week as well. So they, they need to start winning games at some point. Otherwise you kind of fall back into the same pattern that you've been in where, you know, two years ago they were one in 16 last year they were two and 12 and now it's like well what are we playing for at this point because you dig yourself such a hole even if you're not expecting to make the playoffs it's almost it almost gets to the point where you don't give yourself a shot before thanksgiving yeah man i i think the probably one of the more disappointing parts of the season so far is letting the game get away that that you could have won like when it, whenever people ask me about the rockets adam like what do you think the Rockets are going to do this year? Or, you know, you think the Rockets are going to be better this year? I always go back to a, a conversation that you and I had, I feel like early in free agency or early when we started to get a sense for what this team was going to look like. Like, who are they better than? How, like, they're, they're, it's a better team, but how many teams – it's a better team than it's been, than what we've been watching and, and what Rockets fans have been consuming. But how much of a better team are they than the next team – in front of them or than the next Western conference team. And it doesn't feel like there are many of those that you would check off the list. And San Antonio would be one of the very few that would be in the running for that. And of course they've got Victor Wimbenyama and they've got Greg Popovich as their head coach. And so they've got some things going for them, despite the fact that they're not one of the more talented teams, one of the better teams in the NBA. Like they've got, they've got a couple of things going for them that you don't necessarily have. And that's even with all due respect to M.A. Udoka, you know, like he, he comes from Greg Popovich, you know? So, so like they, they've got those things going for him, but the Rockets should still feel like, Hey, you know, we, we should be able to compete with a team like that. And they were competitive, obviously they went into to overtime, but as we mentioned, as you mentioned, as I mentioned before, they gave that game away. How many games in a season win you've got to win? You've got to win games. Losing is no longer incentivized. It, it is no longer beneficial to you. And you have your own stated goal and purpose is to win more games. How many games can you afford to give away? I would say the number is zero. And especially to a team that's supposed to be along the lines of you, uh, you know, at, in the same level as you. I think that was a disappointing about uh, disappointing part about losing to the Magic. You know, you said that they're that they're better. They are better. But damn it, I didn't feel like they were supposed to be 30 points better on opening night, you know, like that. Like it shouldn't have been that big of a gap as much as, as it felt like. So so that, so those are a couple of things I think it's like, OK, there's not you gave the bright spot of them not turning the ball over. Great. They've got a real point guard. And so they're not turning the ball over. But offense bad, defense bad. You know, there's not a lot of wiggle room there to me. Yeah. And, and when we talked during the summer about. They wanted to be in the play-in. Okay, that, that's fine. That That's great that you can say that you want to be in the play-in. But if you're going to be in the play-in, that means you have to get the 10th place in the Western Conference, which means you have to be better than five teams. And we went through it in the summer. Like, okay, who, who are the five teams that they're better than? And you could not pick out five teams. You could maybe pick out two. Maybe you could pick out three. And as we sit here, you know, a week into the season, I think that it's even harder now to come up with the five teams that you're – I mean, I'm going to run through it right now. Brandon, you tell me, are the Rockets better than 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 this team? Denver? No. Dallas? No. Golden State? No. 
Oklahoma City. No. Phoenix. No. Sacramento. No. Clippers. No. Pelicans. No. Lakers. No. Spurs. <laughs> no. We literally just went through 10 teams and you could not like I just went through the first 10 on the list and you couldn't come up with anybody that the Rockets are better than. And then I'll you know we can go through the last, you know, four and you know, maybe they're better than one or two, but again, that doesn't get you to 10th. That doesn't get you into the play-in mix. And that's where they're gonna struggle this season. So um if you know, we'll have to see what happens, but it, it does seem a little far-fetched. And again, it's it's three games in, it's not even November but it seems far-fetched to me that they are going to be in the play-in mix at this point. So uh, a lot can change. You can get a lot, you know, they can get better in certain spots, but it does not seem like they are a team that is ripe to make a run into the play-in this season unless some things change drastically. And, and, they, they, and some of the guys that we are seeing play get a lot better between now and then. Yeah, so I, I want to ask you about something, and it kind of hits to what – it, it, it speaks to what we what we've already kind of hit on here. You wrote on SportsRadio610.com today that the Rockets they're looking to make corrections after their win list start. Obviously, they're zero and three, but like they're they're not turning the ball over. They they're just like what? So the question is this. What corrections do you make to a team that right now just seems to be un- like? How do you correct not rebounding? How do you cor- like what? What corrections are they trying to make that are actually makeable? I guess is the real question. So what they talked about today was communication, and, and that's broad, and it gets talked about all the time. But you look at the game on Sunday. Stephen Curry went on that three point barrage in the fourth quarter of that game, and that run by him started on a communication breakdown where you had um, Alperin Shingun and Dylan Brooks just kind of get lost and nobody picked up Steph Curry. Like those are little things where, Hey, you know, maybe he's, maybe he finds it eventually, but up until that point, the Rockets had done a pretty good job on Curry and he started two of eight from three uh, up until that point. And then all of a sudden he makes four in a row. So uh, that's all it takes though, is that, Hey, you one screw up and now all of a sudden the game completely flips. And so it's little things like that, where they're trying to get better. They're switching more this season than they have in the past. They've had a lot of breakdowns with that, which again, that's to be expected. You're going to have some breakdowns when you, when you switch, especially if you're not used to it. And, you know, they've been kind of lucky. I think like, teams aren't shooting all that well from three against them so far. Like the people have posted clips of uh, especially Jabari Smith getting lost on some switches. So those are little things that they want to clean up. Um, So it's the little things that you can clean up that wind up making a difference when it comes to rebounding. It's just about getting a body on somebody like rebounding is very, very simple. It's just find a man and box him out. And so they have to do a better job at that because I think their first shot defense has probably been okay. It's just that, and we saw this especially against uh, against Orlando, is that it's a lot harder to defend once you're giving up second chances. Like it's just much harder. You're, you're you find yourself you're scrambling. Um, the defense or the offense is just always going to be in. in uh, they're always the offense is always going to have an advantage at that spot. So. Um, Communication, I, I guess, is kind of the big thing. There are, there are some other things that I'm sure that, that they need to get to, but Ime Udoka said the big focus today was just on communication. 
And the, the other aspect of that is you have a bunch of guys who are playing with each other for the first time. So they got to get to know each other a little bit more. And so that's, again, that's talking to each other. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the younger players, but before we do, since you did mention Jabari Smith, I am curious because we've talked about this before, but you know, we've got three games now into this season on top of his rookie season to, to discuss it. He had a better shooting night against the, against the Warriors and his, I guess you could say, you know, six of 12, 14 and eight was, you know, a decent night for him two of six from, from three, but you mentioned the defensive stuff, the clips that are going around of him missing some defensive assignments. And I feel like we've talked before about the defense not quite really being there the way we expected it to. Are you still like where where are you at right now with Jabari Smith defensively? Because I'm still kind of like eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love. You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Kind of like meh. Like, I don't, I like, it's it's not... Like, I don't feel like it's awful, but I also don't feel like it's, you know, like I'm seeing the elite defensive traits that I thought I would see. It feels like he gets beat to the spot quite a bit. And I think that was something that maybe you thought that he would be a little bit better at. Uh, I think just within the team scheme, though, he's probably struggled more than anything. It's just like, hey, you know, he can do a decent job guarding the man in front of him, but when the ball moves around a little bit, I think the game can sometimes go a little quick. So that, that to me is probably the big thing. So there's that, and he doesn't really protect the rim. And I think when you have a guy who's six foot 10, you're hoping that he can probably, you know, like a long six foot 10 that he can protect the rim a little bit. And that just doesn't seem to be in his game right now. Um, Still doesn't have a block this season. He averaged less than a block a game last year. So I think that they were probably hoping for a little more rim protection from him, especially because he's had to play a lot of center so far this season because um, they've been without Jock Landell for basically two and a half games. And so they have, they don't have another center on the roster aside from Shangun and Landell, and you're just not getting that sort of rim protection. So I think when you kind of look at their off season, they seem to be pretty content with going with, you know, having Landell as their second big and then the third big essentially being, you know, one of the smaller guys, you know, one of the fours essentially and playing small. And I, I don't did know. Did those, did those, did those Boban minutes against San Antonio not do anything for you? Boban versus Wimby? Not exactly a rim protector, Boban. <laughs> he knows what to do. Like he's always productive. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Yeah. At least offensively, he's productive. Um, yeah. But you're not, you, you can't really rely on that. They, you got to go with the, the little Boban zone that Silas was going to last year. Um, yeah. But, but I, I think that they were hoping for a little bit more out of him 
on obviously they were hoping for a little bit more and it almost feels like he's more of a perimeter defender at this point and you can't have him defend the rim I, I don't know if he's a guy who can play the five now I guess that would probably be the best way to put it and I I don't know wouldn't you I mean you've seen him I mean he looks yeah. like somebody who should be able to defend the rim a little bit better and he doesn't and and I, and I was gonna say this I you know I, I don't know exactly I have to look and see um and give me a second and I can pull this up but it does not feel like teams I mean teams are content with you know attacking the rim on them and the Rockets don't seem to have a whole lot of resistance to that right now yeah yeah I mean that's why I brought it up man that's why I brought it up because I know we've had I mean going into it when whenever he was drafted and kind of going into it that was the profile it's like he immediately is going to be a plus defender he immediately is going to make you a better defensive team and yeah you know you just haven't really felt that and then you know early on I feel like last year in his rookie season we felt like okay you know we're gonna see more of Jabari Smith Jr. at the five at some point and then I th thought that, that was a feeling or a thought going into this year too it's like even you know absent of the Jock Landale injury or concussion situation like you're like okay this is a guy that can play some five for you or at least should be and to your point every point that you've made like it stands out to me like he's not really you know just that it just he does seem willing but he just doesn't seem to be that physical enough of a player to really be a a threat in that way and I think what adds to it or makes it stand out even more is the fact that Shingun is not really that either and but Shingun's got all these other things that that are that he's got going for him and we'll talk about him in a little bit but but like since since he doesn't do that you would think okay well Jabari Smith even if the shot's not falling and you expect that to look better too right you expect the shot to to to, to fall and just based off of what his scouting player profile is you expect those things to be better but even if the shot's not falling that defense is going to be there and yeah just no you know like and I'll say you know it's it's amazing when you're that thin and you've put but you but you've put on weight like he I can actually tell where he has put on weight where the training has worked out and his body's developed a little bit and he's still pretty real thin and just in terms of being a a force inside they 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 have none they have none they've got they've got Shingun who's a finesse player and a, and a good offensive post player but doesn't really you know it, wait a minute. Well, so let me ask this actually. Now that I'm talking through it, oh, is he their best rim? Is Shingun their best rim protector? Probably, and I don't think that's great. I mean, maybe Tari Eason might be. I don't know. I have to look and see. That's exactly. not good either. Um, six seven. But the Rockets are allowed. Opponents are shooting seventy four percent inside the restricted area against the Rockets this season, which is the uh, fifth highest percentage that has been allowed now. Um, the good thing is that the Rockets aren't allowing a ton of shots within the restricted area this season. When part of that, I think, is just that they are they have played at a very slow pace, so they aren't, you know, they are at a ninety five possession pace, you know, uh, over the course of the season, and that's like ten possessions off the highest. So again, you're going to see fewer shots when that happens, and they foul a lot too. So I think that they've given up a lot of free throw attempts. But uh, again when opponents are shooting 74% against you at the rim, that's not good. Like that's just, that's not giving yourself much of an opportunity. So I, I think that 
yeah, Shengu might be, and he's not a rim protector. So I think that's been one of the, as you look at how they've built the roster, they really, they've had centers, but they have not had like a center who can defend the rim. And along those lines, they've had, they don't really have a center who is going to attack the rim either. So that's been kind of one of the flaws of how they've built this roster so far. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, since we're on it, man, I mean, the, both things it feels like. And and you can look up the numbers here in these first three games, but I feel like the things that they were lacking going into the offseason, obviously they, they just weren't very good overall. Like, they, I mean, they were terrible. But on top of that, like very specifically, and you and I have been on this, but very specifically the things that they were lacking were an interior presence. Let's just call – we were calling it uh, – Rim protect. I don't know. Rim protect. Just call it an interior presence to to do a catch all on both ends of the floor for what they don't have uh, uh, from a big standpoint. Interior presence and shooting. <laughs> you know, like they and it still doesn't feel like they have that, and that is rearing its head. Um, I, I feel like from from just from what we've watched so far. Now the shooting has been. I feel like. You know, at at times better but but overall i mean no actually it's just it's been bad shooting's been bad they don't have an interior presence those are two things that they were sorely lacking and needing going into this season and did not get those things and so it 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 stands out and and not this is not to pile on jabari smith who i like a lot i think is going to be a really good player eventually but those are two things that he's supposed to provide you know like at least some semblance of if, if not just like an interior presence but some semblance of like defense um a 16 guy that plays defense and then the shooting you know and, and they don't they don't get they don't really have much of either of those two two things yeah i'm gonna hold off on the shooting stuff just because it's so early and so anybody can have three bad shooting games and that's kind of what they've had especially the first game um i think that fred van vliet is a better shooter than what he's shown so far uh, i think he's been pretty bad you know shooting the ball um uh, I, I think that uh Dylan Brooks has been probably a little bit better than expected when it comes to shooting the basketball. So, yes. Yes. So let's, so I'm going to take a wait and see approach on that aspect of it, but you're right. They, they did not really add shooting per se, aside from the guys that they signed in free agency. And I don't think that Van Vliet was brought in to be a shooter. I don't think that Dylan Brooks was brought in to be a shooter, but you were hoping that you would get more efficient scoring out of Smith and out of green. And it hasn't really happened. I will say, um, Shingun shooting the basketball, I think has been, and we're going to talk about him in a second, but I do think that he's showing more of a willingness to take that shot and he's making it. Like, I think that he's got a, a chance to be a good three point shooter. And as long as he keeps shooting it, then I think that they're going to be in pretty decent shape, at least in that, at that position. Yeah. So let's get to it down, man, because I feel like Shingun has been a bright spot. One of the few bright spots for a winless team, three games into the season. And you just touched on it, the shooting. I feel like that was one of the major critiques. And there were there have been a few. I mean, the defense and, you know, various other things. 
but the shooting specifically uh look the the willingness to take the shot you know the, the form is good his shot always it always looked good when he'd take it and i'm like hey why don't you why don't you have more confidence in that shot it's a it's a damn good looking shot there man shoot it with your chest so to speak you know like they say say it with your shit say it with your chest shoot shoot that thing with your chest a little bit um and and have some confidence it seems like he does have that uh, I, I don't know how much that is the team putting that confidence in him or just you know after experience or just being told shoot the ball over time but i would say overall his shooting and just his overall play while not perfect you know no one is i think has been one of the few bright spots for the rockets so far this season yeah they're they're really running the offense through him um and he's getting he's getting i mean you look the numbers for the most part across the board are are better than they were so far i think the one area where he needs to get better is defensive rebounding um that's the one counting stat that has kind of gone down through three games and again a lot of that was orlando but you know against golden state i shouldn't say orlando against golden city had one defensive rebound so that's the sort of thing and what did we talk about we, we talked about the defensive rebound. Like they have been a bad defensive rebounding team so far. They're I think they're the fourth worst defensive rebounding team in the league. When your center who is playing 33 minutes only gets one, that's a problem. Like that's one of those things that you have to clean up. Your center cannot have one defensive rebound in three in 33 minutes. It just that's not that's not feasible. That's that's not something that can sustain. That's not how you're going to be able to win games. So that has to get better. Um, he's moving the ball a little bit. You know, he's always been a good passer and a, and a good assist guy, but he's been a little bit more efficient with that. He's not turning the ball over uh, nearly as much as he has in the past. He had the, the I think he had one big turnover. He had the he turned the ball over quite a bit against San Antonio, but he didn't have one against Golden State. So to go 33 minutes without turning the basketball over against a really good team like the Warriors, again, that's that's a real positive sign for him. So um, good things for him so far. Um, you'd like to see, and this is something that we always talk about with him, can you, if you have a great first quarter, can you carry that over for the full 48 minutes? And how many times do you see him dominate the first quarter and then go quiet for the rest of the game? And that that has been a problem for him in the past. It wasn't against San Antonio. Like San Antonio, he was able to make an impact for really the entire game, and he was able to play 40 minutes that game also. So that's been good. He's not fouling. How many times have we talked about his fouling? He fouled out against San Antonio, but that was 40 minutes or 41 minutes. Um, was not in foul trouble at all against the Warriors on Sunday. So um, it's all it's a step in the right direction for him. Again, the defensive stuff late in games has to be better. Uh, he did not, you know, as a team, they did not close the game well in San Antonio. He was the reason for that, as was Jabari Smith, as was everybody else. Um, but the rebounding, I think that's the next step for him. It's like, can you finish possessions? And we have yet to see it. And again, the communication stuff that I talked about earlier, like that's little stuff that you just have to get better at. You just have to be better at. You have to clean that up. Uh, otherwise, you put your team in a tough position. But they are struggling to score the basketball. He has been their most reliable offensive weapon. That's the one guy that you can kind of dump it into and say, hey, man, go to work. And he can get you a bucket or he can create a bucket for somebody else. Yeah, man, that, that's why it feels a little bit harsh to, to critique in this way because I am going to nitpick. And just by saying this about Shingun, 
that it feels like for all of the good things that we can talk about, the shot being better, him not turning the ball over, the fact that he can create shots for others, and they don't seem to have a whole lot of that. But it does feel like between Shingun or even Jabari Smith, who we were talking about earlier, like it feels like the difference or a difference in them taking, I'm not going to say like the next step in being serious, but like a, a another step. Let's just say a another step as a team does seem like the difference in it is somebody being more physical in that way. Like whether it be rebound and rim protection, some combination of all of those things. And since he doesn't do those things, that is sort of what puts a limit on both him as a player and on the Rockets as a team overall, because without, I mean, he's so important to them as a team and he doesn't do those things or doesn't have those, those exact qualities as part of his game puts a ceiling on and, and limits what they could be as a team. But if he could be a, a more, if he could rebound better, right. If he was rebounding at a better clip and if he could be a more physical defender, I think, and something like a rim protector. And I just don't think that that's in his game, much in his game, which is why it's wild to say that he might be their best rim protector. But if if there was more, if there could just be more there, I think it could do a, like just wonders for them as a team because that's helping you get the break started, get those get those transition buckets. If he could be a better rebounder, that's helping you not catch the ball out of the net as we've talked about in our previous episodes and on this one like that's that's just not a sustainable way of of playing when you're when your talent is at this level so i feel like that is that is the next step if it can be taken but you absolutely have to be happy with what you're seeing from him offensively uh because like you mentioned he pretty much is their offense or like the the what it's centered around right now well you mentioned rim protection and rebounding. Just do one of those. Like, Jokic is not a good defender. Jokic is not a good – he's not a rim protector. But he's an elite defensive rebounder. Like, you do that, and all of a sudden, it completely changes what you can do, what you do defensively. And it completely changes just how you how you look defensively, and it makes your offense better. Like, if they are – they are 28th right now, or 27th in uh, defensive rebounding rate. At least they were coming into the night. Um, if you get just get middle of the pack, then all of a sudden you are a taking away opportunities from your opponent, and b you're giving yourself an opportunity to get out in transition. So yeah, if, if he's somebody who can become a better defensive rebounder, then not only is he getting the ball, but he's probably their best passer. So boom, you get it out to a guard quickly and, and the and the offense is off. And now you give yourself a transition opportunity or he can bring the ball up himself. I mean, one of the things that they did um, out of a timeout on Sunday was that he brought the ball up. He was the point guard coming out of a timeout and we only saw them do it once. But again, I think that's an option. And I think that he can handle the ball well enough to just get you in the offense on his own. And, you know, push the ball up the floor. Hey, maybe you're able to beat your man up the floor. Now the defense is scrambling. Like, those are the little things that you can do just by getting a rebound. Like, that's all you have to do sometimes is get a rebound. You can just be in position, get a rebound, and you give your offense a chance. So I think that that him, along with everybody else, like defensive rebound, that's a team thing. But your biggest guy should be good at that. And so if he can get better at that, and there's no reason that he can't be. Like, he's big. He's physical. He's just got to, that's just something that he's going to have to want to do. Do you want to be, do you want to get dirty? 
do you want to box out? Like if you want to box out, then you are going to get plenty of rebounds. If you don't, then you're going to give up a bunch of offensive rebounds. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Speaking of rebounding, Jalen Green had a team high nine rebounds for the Rockets in their loss against the Warriors. Had the most rebounds anybody other than Kavon Looney, who had 11 in that game. He has, I feel like, looked a lot better than he did in that first game. And the first game just seemed to be the the season opening loss to the Orlando Magic, but by 30, the one we're talking about here. That just seemed to be a game about not being aggressive enough. And I know he didn't shoot it particularly well, but like he only took one three and was just underwhelming. And ever since then, like he started off that San Antonio Spurs game like the Jalen Green that you want to see if you're a Rockets fan, if you're the Rockets themselves trying to evaluate this guy in year three, like that's, that is along the lines of what they're looking for, what he was early in that game. And I thought for the most part, the game that he played, you know, not, not great shooting numbers against the Warriors, eight of 20 from the field, one of five from three for 21 points, but you know, you'll take it. You, I, I feel like you'll live with that from a volume shooter like Jalen Green. So what two what I would call plus games from Jalen Green after the first game, not so much. What would you say have been the things that have stood out to you about his game since the last time we talked about him? Um, their offense died when he went off the floor on Sunday. And they they had a lead in the first quarter. He goes to the bench, Steph Curry goes to the bench, and it was the Warriors who all of a sudden went on the big run. So yeah, you're right. He like he was he was much better against Warriors especially only finished with 21 points, but when he was off the floor, um, it, it was very, it, it just looked, it did not look good when he came off the floor offensively. Um, so that was a step in the right direction. Um, him and Shingun have started to work a little bit with that two man game. Um, it hasn't resulted in a ton. Um, Green's assists are down, you know, that happens again. It's a short sample. It's a small sample size. Um, I, I need to look, I want to look at the shot chart. Um, but it, it does feel like he's getting to the rim. He's just not seemingly finishing real well once he does get to the rim. Um, Which has he, been an issue for him at times throughout his career so far. Like, surprisingly, for as athletic as he is, that he, you know, remember that was a big thing his rookie year, not being a great finisher at the rim considering some of his physical attributes. You're like, why isn't that better? So that's yeah. a that's a little alarming. He's he's uh, 52% from shots inside the restricted area. League average is 59. Again, that's not good enough, but he's getting there. You know, 54% of his shots are coming at the rim. Um, you want to see that. So you want to be able to see him get to those spots. It's just, can you finish? Uh, and he's getting to the free throw line okay. Um, let's see. We are at 14 attempts through three games. So it's kind of on par for where he was last year. So, again, it's – incremental stuff that, that you're that you're seeing um when we see again the or actually I'm, that's the wrong guy that's shingun <laughs> um 
so but those are again those those are little things that you want to be able to see him get better at and you just want to see I, I thought that it was good that um I, I not good for the team that that it struggled when he was off the floor Sunday but I think it showed you just how much they are going to rely on him and how much that hey when he is on the floor he can lead an offense and I thought that he did show at least early on in that game against the Warriors that he can lead the offense and that he can be a, a quality offensive player again the free throws are down a little bit he's only at four a game this season so that's not what that's not what you're looking at the rebounding though like you said has been better he's not moving the ball he's not getting the assists the way that he did last year um again so far the three-point shooting again hasn't quite been there yet but he's not taking a lot i mean he's only taking four that's that's a little surprising um yeah and and I think this is an aspect that we'll get to later on is that they aren't generating probably enough three point looks. Uh, I think that they would like to probably generate a few more of those shots, but again, it's, it's all very early in this process, but I, I think that he has been green some, I think that you're probably hoping to see a little bit more so far um, in, in his third year in the NBA. But I, I did think that Sunday against the Warriors, that was like enough to where you say, okay, you know what? There, there's obviously there's something there. Um, and maybe he's, he's just got to get his legs under him this season. But there's there's been good and there's been bad. Yeah, but and, and but that's the thing with me with him, man. The the something there part, Adam. Like we know that. Like we've we've known about the something there part. He's shown early enough in his career, even as a rookie, that there was something there. And and, and that that is that is like the maybe the 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 gift and the curse or maybe part of the the problem and the solution that that something is there it's just like my thing with Jalen green is like the repeatability of it like how many times can you string it together put it together times in a row and he did it he's done now i don't want to make it seem like he's never put together strung together good games consecutively like he hasn't been good for for stretches he has but then and then there, there are also those lows and maybe you can just attribute it to him being such a young guy, such a young player, and the development still being there. But that is the question that needs to be answered this year is can he can you rely on him from a night-to-night basis to be the to be the guy that he essentially was in gold or against the Golden State Warriors and not so much the one that he was against the Magic, where he's just sort of there and he's existing. And he's not terrible, uh, and, and he clearly has – there's clearly something there. He has these attributes, but it's just not enough, or it's just not standing out in ways that it needs to for a guy like that, not just being the number two overall pick, but being somebody that they are, like you said, relying on heavily this year to be a huge part of their offense. Like, they're putting the ball in his hands. You know, they don't have – they don't have the ideal backup point guard situation that that maybe they thought they were going to have or the ideal second unit scoring situation that they thought they were going to have when Kevin Porter Jr. was still in the mix. And I think even then they wanted to have Jalen Green on the ball a little bit more, having the ball in his hands a little bit more in year three. So for me, it's about repeatability. It's about consistency. It's about, hey, look, if you're going to become that frontline guy, the one that you talked about being when you were drafted, when you went to the podium and said a max contract and uh, all star, everything that he was talking about, which again seems to be in there, seems to be part of his 
like talent evaluation is like yeah he could be all of those things that he said okay put it together over uh, a stretch of time and do it on a team that's actually trying to be serious i think that's been another knock on whenever jalen green has played well there's been the the easy criticism of or the easy critique of well somebody's got to get all the points on an nba team like somebody's got to score right and this is this is a team that that is poorly built poorly constructed and headed nowhere and for him to be the best player on on that team is not all that impressive but to be the best player or to be a plus player all-star caliber player on a team that's actually built to win and with the intention of winning i think goes a long way and so that's what you're trying to see from him and obviously three games into it is not enough time to say either way if you're actually seeing it or if you're actually going to see it but but that's what it's got to be that's what it's got to look like it's got to be it's got to be what you were just talking about with with the warriors game and what i was talking about with the beginning of that spurs game it's got to be that on a consistent basis on a consistent basis for jalen green well that's what this season is about this season is trying to figure out if he is that guy that's worthy of the huge extension like that's what he that's what they are trying to learn this season if he is that guy and so far I don't think he is. Now can he get there? Absolutely. Like like you said the ability is certainly there but it's anybody can do it once a week. Anybody can you know anybody can do it once. A lot of guys can do it once a week. A couple guys can, you know, a few guys can do it, you know, three out of every six games, you know, you know one out of every two games, you know, 50% of the time. But the elite guys are the ones who can do it over and over and over and over and over again. Those are the guys that you can count on. And that's one of the things that he has to be able to prove. Can he be one of those guys that you can really count on? So far, you can count on him, you know, maybe once every four games. But those aren't the guys that get the huge extensions. The guys that get the huge extensions are the ones who do it night after night after night. And he has not proven that he can do that. Again, the talent is there. Uh, He's put in the work. Um, He's getting, you know, he's just got to be able to figure out how to do the little things better. And this is a guy who we, I brought up the, the shot distribution from the restricted area. He was 54% so far this season. Last year he was 39%. So like he's focusing on getting to the rim more, but again, he's not finishing. And as a guard, if you're not finishing in the paint, then you put, then you throw off your whole floor balance. And now all of a sudden the defense, the the opposing offense now has a leg up on you, and you give them a transition opportunity. So um, he's got to be better than fifty two percent from the restricted area. Like that's got to be something that he really focuses on, and he's got to get to the free throw line a little bit more. That was what it, that's one of the areas where he really took a step last year. He's so far again, it's it's three games. He's taken a step back with that this season, but if he can get to the free throw line seven eight times a game, then those are that those should be just easy points for him. Well, Adam, this is what intrigues me about the Hornets game. Like, aside from the final score and the fact that the Rockets haven't won a game, and so they're still on a quest for that. So until they win a game, every the story of every game is, can they win tonight? Can they finally win a game? So aside from that, though, it's the Jalen Green juxtaposition against his peers. And by peers, I mean... Like you think about LaMelo Ball being one of those guys that did get that extension after after year three, as we've talked about. But then I also think about Brandon Miller as somebody who, 
again, just a few games into his into his career. Okay, he's a rookie, and and the season just started. But he is somebody who I feel like by year three, and and this is a complete projection by my part. Okay, I'm just going to throw it out there. But he is somebody who it feels like by year three is going to be someone that they're going to say yes to. Okay, that after after three years when they're when they're having the same conversation about Brandon Miller, whoever covers the the Hornets does the Hornets podcast is having their conversation about Brandon Miller uh, to two, three years from now about, Hey, is he going to be the guy that you want to extend and give that big money to? I feel like it's going to be a yes. Now, could I be wrong? Certainly. But those are, those are two guys on one team that's coming in here on Wednesday that it, it, it feels like it's trending up. Now, obviously again, with Brandon Miller, it's way presumptuous for me to say that, you know, you probably, based off of just volume, you'd have to feel better about Jalen Green than you do about uh, about Brandon Miller. But if you're doing the projection game, I'm like, hey, they've got the one guy in LaMelo that they did pay, and they got the other guy in Brandon Miller who it feels like, just based off of how I, what the little that I've seen of him and how he projects, I think feel like that's going to be a guy that they pay too. And so where does Jalen Green fit in that mix? You know, and that's not that's not what the game is about. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that. But that is something that's going to be in the back of my mind that I'm watching sort of the game within the game for me, just from an observational standpoint. You know, where, where does he fit in the in the mix of his peers, other guys that were drafted super high and then come into the league and, and show it or at least show enough to make the team that drafted him want to pay him to keep him around. And Green isn't 19 anymore. Like it was a very easy excuse to talk about how, oh, he's only 19 when he first came into the league. He's 21, and now he's this is his third NBA season. Like, he's gone through two full NBA off seasons. He's gone through two full – and you know, he's gone through – he's gone through the ringer now a couple times. So you feel like he should be advanced, and he should be like – this should be the guy who is supposed to, to get to that point. Um, and, again, he's got 79 games to show it. Yeah, but, but but you know what? That's also the supposed not to cut you off, Adam, but that's also supposed to be the benefit of this quote unquote tanking that they've done over the last couple of years. Where or 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 maybe a better way to put it is that's supposed to be the benefit of him just being anointed those minutes. Remember how we talked about that? About how guys weren't just gonna be given jobs and given minutes anymore under MA Udoka, whereas they kind of were with the previous regime. Like that was supposed to be the benefit of that, though, the whole just like sink or swim, go out there and play and, and Jalen Green just being assumed the assumed that position and and anointed that position. Like the benefit of that is or sh- to me should be that by year three, hey, maybe he hadn't earned all of this playing time that he was given, but he was given it and did play it. And so the benefit of that should be, hey, experience and some kind of like learning lesson of, you know, all of this time in the NBA now, you know, like it, he hasn't had to just sit there and, and and watch, you know, he's, he has played most of the minutes of the last two seasons. Yeah. He's, he's had the reps. Like a lot of times young guys, they don't necessarily have the reps. He has the reps. He doesn't have the excuse of saying, you know, I, I don't, I haven't gotten the opportunities. He's had plenty of opportunities. Now it's about, the production and can he produce at the way at the level that he's supposed to be able to produce hey did you and we can get out of here on this but did you see 
I, I saw Hoops Hype had like a they did like this, you know, those executive polls where they talked to like random execs and GMs. And uh, or or I shouldn't say just GMs, but people in front office, front office execs. And it was players under 25 that you would start a team with or build a team around. I can't remember if it was start a team with or build a team around, but I feel like those are fairly enough similar concepts. And the the Rockets that were on the list, and of course they got plenty of guys that are under 25, so they should have guys on this list. But the Rockets that were on the list in order and and they weren't none of them were high on the list just to be clear so mm-hmm. let's start with that but in order it was like Amon Thompson J- Jabari Smith Jr. Alperin Shingoon and then Jalen Green was last he was last man and I just think about like you know that's not just me and you talking that's you know hoops hype has been around for a while now that's that supposedly has gone and and polled the actual NBA executive, uh, uh, an executive pool of some sort. And they're saying that out of the Rockets players that are under 25, that would, that you would even consider starting a team with that the one that I think a lot of us feel like is the most talented and maybe the most obvious and certainly the highest pick of them all in Jalen green is the last one or, or is the one who the, the least number of them, percentage of them would want to start a team with and it stood out to me about that was like and and i don't know maybe this is a a bigger picture rockets point but it stood out to me that for the rockets players in order the ones that execs would start a team with were the ones that we've seen the least of in order Mm -hmm. so and the ones we've seen the most of are the had the had the least votes so it's like Thompson, who we've seen the the very least of, Jabari Smith Jr., who we've seen the next least of, and then Alperin Shingun and obviously Jalen Green are of the same draft class, but Jalen Green's played more minutes. I'm not looking at this right now, but I feel pretty safe saying that Jalen Green's played more minutes than Alperin Shingun. So, man, that's that that is not a good feeling, and and I think that it would be it, this part goes without saying. I'm not breaking new ground here, but it would be enormous if Jalen Green could flip that narrative could could change that narrative by certainly by the end of the season but even by mid-season by the end of the season for it to not be like hey you know I know you guys drafted this guy number two overall a couple of years ago but he's the one that I would least likely start uh, build my team around out of all the guys that you got that are under 25. Yeah part of that is he's shorter than everybody else and it's a big person game and so, so I, I get where that, like, he's, he's basically a two guard and those guys tend to be the easiest guys to find. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not necessarily going to build my team around a two guard cause I can find a two guard, but I mean, Thompson is a freakishly long and athletic six foot eight point guard. Like, Hey, those don't grow on trees. Um, Jabari Smith is a six foot 10 shooter who can conceivably defend all five positions. Like you don't necessarily find those everywhere. And Alperin Shingun is kind of just like a big hulking offensive hub who can get offense easily. Those don't grow on trees either. So to me, that's more about like, hey, these other three guys, these other three guys are a little harder to find than the other guy. So I guess that's why the execs probably look at it that way. Yeah, but but let's let's be honest here though, man. If 
if Green, if Jalen Green at, up until this point had played up to standard or played up to expectation or played up to what you ideally want to get out of the number two overall pick, I don't care what position he played. You know, like, and it doesn't matter what position he is. Special is special. So it's like, right now, I feel like the difference of what we're talking about is rare versus special. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's not, position-wise, not rare because there's wings everywhere. You know, you talk about a, 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 a two-guard. Hell, we, we're watching Victor Wimbenyama at 7'4", uh, play on the wing. Like every, Basically, everybody can play two-guard no matter what size you are now in, in today's NBA. But so so like he's not rare in that way but how special is he how special how special of a player are you and if, and if you show yourself to be that and that goes back to the consistency and the repeatability and the finishing at the rim that you talked about that he hasn't done enough of for his athletic and as gifted of a player as he is like you do those things on a consistent basis and show those things and i feel like the executives feel a little bit better about you, a lot better about you, and, and whether you're somebody that they could build a team around. No, you're right. You're you're exactly right. Like if 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 he were producing and if they were winning, then yeah, everything everything changes. But he has not shown that, so I, I get where you're coming from with that. All right, man. We got some more games here at the Toyota Center to consume. I will be uh, trying to see if I can elbow. Find some elbow room by you at the, at the Toyota Center uh, on our little press row there. Try to just try to peek my head in and and get in there, man. It's it is good. I like look, man. As bad as they are, and as bad as they have been, it is good to be back in the basketball arena. I'm just hoping that the quality of basketball that we find ourselves covering improves. And look, it's it, it's early. I, I will not lose hope on the idea that the Rockets, even if we can't find five teams in the Western Conference that they're better than, I will not lose hope on the idea that they can at least provide us with a little bit more of a quality basketball product to consume and cover and write about and talk about on a nightly basis. Hey, be a so, dreamer. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 dream with me. And a guy can, what, what's wrong with dreaming? You know what I mean? That, that ain't never hurt nobody. So. That is the H-Town Who's Podcast. He is Adam Spillane. I am Brandon Scott. Austin Mendez is handling this thing for us behind the scenes. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend about the podcast. Check us out on YouTube on the Sports Radio 610 YouTube page. And until next time, y'all be good. 